As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We should probably make a fart noise or something, shouldn't we? Because that was a really good and intense conversation. That's not how this show starts. It starts with... Lurpak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that Lurpak has a... There we go. A butter man. <laughs> what's, a, what's a man made out of butter? Playing the fucking trombone. Going to make me go, ooh, that, looks, that butter looks nice. Oh, nice spread. I'll definitely get by. I'll definitely buy that over a another brand of butter. Borderline sexual assault as well, when you poke him in the stomach. Because like, he's all like, ooh. Yeah. It's all not, of those It's things. not endearing, it's invasive. The Pillsbury Doughboy? Like, yeah. You're not making no, he's, he's who I'm talking about, isn't he? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Who's yeah. the... Who's the blah, 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 guy? The lurpak guy. Yeah, out I was made right. Made out of butter yeah. with the trombone. Why have you got yeah. a fucking trombone? Like, oh well, if the butter can be made into a trombone, then I'll definitely buy that. Butter. Tromboner, eh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's the thing. That's how we do it. This is Benji from Skin Dread. Big up Elan B's podcast. Here it is. You know what? One thing I know. That's not nipple. That's not nipple. That's not nipple. You're the podcast. That's not nipple. That's not nipple. That's not nipple. You're the podcast. I choose one that's doing it now. Elan B's, am I running it now? So put your arms in the air. Let them know that you're up. And we bring the metal news and you know we don't stop. But tell them that's not nipple. That's not nipple. That's not metal, you're the podcast. That's not metal. That's not metal. That's not metal, you're the podcast. Now step up, Biza, and let the people them know what I'm in at the heavy metal world right now. Go on, and make tell them. Tell them. Go on. Go on, son. Hello, everybody. What's going on? My name is Bees. This is That's Not Metal. Him. Him there. Ooh. Ooh. Stephen Hill. Yeah. How you doing, man? I'm um, really good. Thanks, God, mate. This is a high octane start this it week, is. isn't it? For people who are, are like fucking talked out, I'm talked out this week. Yeah. Is it all of that Metallica chat? Yeah. It was mad, wasn't it? Yeah. I'll talk about that in a second, actually. Right. Let's tell yeah. them what's on today's show. On today's show, it is a mad week for albums. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be saying that a lot between now. Now and like mid June because it's this a week, crazy period. In particular, is a mad week. Yeah, man. The, the I, I am going to at the end of this week ask you what your favourite of these albums are. As yeah, well. I, I think. Don't worry. A, oh yeah, you got it. Yeah. All right then. The album reviews this week come from Deftones, Black Peaks, Blackstone Cherry, lot of blacks, and Plague Vendor. <laughs> 
Something like the manager of Millets. Oh. I, uh, I those blacks. Oh. Jesus H. Uh, we'll be talking about the new Let Live Jam. There's going to be live reviews from Baby Metal and Weezer. And there's no album club this week because what we're going to actually put in is that we uh, we did a Metallica special this week. That's not metal.net is your place for it. It's going to be going on for the next three weeks. Now, this week we covered Metallica in the 80s. It is nearly four hours long. Steve, it was a fucking blast, wasn't it? Yeah, man, it was fucking great. I, it was, as I said at the start of it, daunting to try and actually do some sort of justice to that band and do something that people haven't heard a hundred billion times because there's, there's loads of books. There's... Um, <laughs> at least three magazine articles a year about the Me- 1980s, uh, yeah. about Metallica on remember when they did Master of Puppets he's like yeah yeah you spoke about that last yeah. year um, but you know I haven't got Alzheimer's <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know there's books there's like the, that is the most definitive period of any band in heavy metal almost the most sort of chewed yeah. over talked about period so it was quite hard to come in and not just go ah yeah yeah like they did that good album Master of Puppets and it was good I, I admit like when you look at the 80s because the 90s we can go well we can go Hell bent for leather on the load and reload stuff and garage ink and SM and all the other stuff that doesn't get like uh, other than the black album that gets loads of coverage and we'll be doing Napster and all that kind mm. of thing as you'd expect us to. And the 21st century, there's loads as well. The 80s is uh, like we say, it's been poured over, but we went. In. I could not be more proud of this. I think it's even better than the Pantera one, and we're only a third of the way through. You want to it. give yourself a pat on the back as well, mate. Cheers, mate. This, I think they're my band. I know. I, I, I like. I, I don't get. I don't get too like protective or anything like that over things. And like, I, I'm always confident in what we're going to do that it's going to be all right. But with this, I wanted it to be a nuclear weapon. And going by your reactions, you are super stoked on it, and we are too. The '90s is going to go up on Wednesday. If you are. Not not a member. £3 a month or £17 a year. These are all up for individual purchase as well. If you were ever going to start with one, start with this one. I guarantee you'll be a subscriber inside a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. So it's really shit this week for news. There's like fuck all going on in the world. Pathetic. Like, Like when I'm looking at it now, I've got Deftones are putting a show on Beats 1. Ooh. 2000 Trees Festival. Yeah, that's Yeah, good. that's great. Mm-hmm. Like, loads and loads of the British bands that we big up. Go and check out the 2000 Trees lineup. It is really, really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Volbeat and Gojira. Both got trailers up. Have you checked those out? Uh, no, but I did. <laughs> Someone I... Uh, someone I know, yeah. I was with them when they got sent a stream of the new Gojira album. I've not heard it, but right. it's 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 coming, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that was enough for me to get excited. Also saw a picture of Mashuda. What did they say about it? Well, they literally just went, "Oh look, I've just you know I've been sat with you yeah. before, and you've gone. Oh, I've just been sent. They were. Yeah. Like, I've just been sent the new Gojira, and I was like, oh, you lucky son. What I would give to get that. So I haven't yet. Uh, um, bum. And also I saw a picture of uh, Meshuga recording drums. Yeah. Cracking drums in the studio as well. There's so a bunch of little things bunch like of, yeah, that. Yeah. All Pigs Must Die just finishing up a new record, mm-hmm. which is very exciting as got well. Got a new Nails one as well. Yes, new Nails on its That's way. Good. But the uh, I think the big bit of news this week, and certainly the thing that we've had the most amount of questions about, is the brand new song from Let Live. It's called Good Morning America. America is for the first track from their upcoming album, If the Devil, dot, dot, dot. Um, Steve, I'll go to you first. Mm -hmm. Oi, oi, do you want to hear what the sound of a grenade being thrown sounds like? Steve. Yeah. Do all the best hardcore bands leave hardcore? (laughs) 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 Look at him, look at him go. What are you on about? No. um, No. 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 
no, no, they don't. They do a it, lot of them. Well, a lot of good bands do different. Okay, name no, no, not at all. Like who? Who are you talking about? Fugazi. Was, yeah, that's who Fugazi. I was that is basically who I was thinking. Right, of, okay, yeah. just Fugazi then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Flag did as well, I suppose. Refused. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay, fine. Let live have. Yeah. So they're in pretty good fucking company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, I was sick of it all. I've never made a bad album. Uh, so. Do you know what? I said this to Doyle that I was going to say it to you. I said this to my friend Tom Doyle at Rockstar Magazine that I was going to say this to you. And then the first thing he said was sick of it all. I've yeah. never done that. No, sorry. There you go. There you go. Um, sick of it all. I haven't done it. But uh, yeah, it's, up, yeah. Okay, it's, fine. it's fine. I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, like, right. the, the very best of it. Like, they are definitely the best hardcore band of the definitely of the, the, 21st, the 21st, century. 21st century yeah i'd say um so yeah and this isn't really got a lot to do with hardcore though it is definitely got a lot to do with punk and certainly uh, a post hardcore i would say the very best elements of what that sound is yes touch of glass jaw touch of uh, that that je ne sais quoi that let live have that i can't quite put my finger on it's, that's it, good it's i the, think it's, it's brilliant the, right but it, it's the I think it's the soul that really stands out on this. But uh, more than anything else, so I was watching something recently. We were speaking about it on the train um, with Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, uh, with Rollins. Was talking to Henry Rollins. Still haven't watched that. And um, well, the one of the parts in this, so you can check this out on YouTube. It's amazing. I would highly recommend it. It's Ventura and Rollins having like a ten minute chat. And in one of the bits, Ventura goes like, "Well, you know." Music, you come from music. Why is there nothing in the way of protest music anymore? Like, why does that not exist? And Rollins was like, well, I genuinely think that every band should just express their their, their anger or their emotions in any way, shape or form the purest way that they want to. If that's political, great, but it shouldn't be forced. They should be just doing what they think is the primal scream. This fucking song reminds me of being a teenager and hearing Rage Against the Machine and Fuck You, I Won't Do What You Tell Me from Killing in the Name. This is so, so angry in its lyrical tone. It is fucking unbelievable. I mean, it's referencing, like, Che Guevara and Karl Marx for a start. But, like, we live on the other side of the world. But we, like... America is a sizable part of the world, culturally and in terms of global news. Whatever is going on in America, we bloody know about it. So we see, even on the other side of the world, what's going on in America with uh, police brutality and, to a certain extent as well, what's going on with Trump at the minute with this... It's a massive story. Forcing... For, no, 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 I just mean in terms of forced segregation. Mm. And a song like this, with this set of words, <clears throat> makes me want to fucking go to America and stand on the streets with other human beings and go, fuck you. Yeah. We will not be ostracised or fucking... Uh, discriminated against for our creed, colour, sexuality, fucking anything like that. We are all human beings who deserve to be treated equally, who are not being treated equally. And this song is the sound of that fucking, with the canvas being uh, the best band on earth, providing a funk punk soul party with the best voice in rock and roll on top of it they're still comfortably still that like i look at when we were talking about metallica and I, like, there was a little bit of me watching all this that was like oh i'd really like when we were talking about metallica i was like oh, i really wish i'd have seen them in their prime yeah and let live are a band that i am so thankful for that i am oh. I, i'm here now for it that this is 
every bit as good as every bit of music that's been on the first two records. Very different, though. So, really different. Do you think it'll throw some people? Yeah, I think, like, a bit like... Uh, yeah, I know. Because Hardcore's was... left town on this, I think. Oh, definitely, yeah. And I think, well, you know, it's a similar sort of thing to when Not Prayers, should matter. Prayers Triangles came out by the album we're going to talk about later, the new Deftones one, mm. which people went, well, it's not really what I would usually expect. But with a band like that, I don't think you should ever read anything into just hearing that one song. Never. Because who knows what's mm. going to be on the rest of that album. Very They're true. so eclectic and they've got so many different dimensions and so many different directions that that band could go in that I just really think trying to second guess them on the back of four minutes of music. Music is, is ridiculous. We're going to talk about this later on the Deftones as well, but this is definitely music characterised by its singer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've always loved... The thing about Butler is that, like, to me, he's every bit James Brown as he is Biggie, as he is Rollins. Yeah. Like, he can ride a track and flow it like the fucking very best of hip-hop. That bit that ain't no... Uh, What's it, the, the, the fucking, like, playground chant style bit, the ain't no city like the one I'm from, yeah. put, my, put my hands in the air so I hope I don't get shot. That whole fucking shit, unreal. Let live back in the biggest and baddest of ways. And we'll be seeing him in a couple of weeks, won't we? Oh, mate, fucking please, please to the Lord above, let them open with this song. I will fucking end mm. someone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let live back. Uh, Danny Wallstop's got a new song. Forever last. Uh, is that what you? Ah, yeah. that's a good point. Actually, forty wide. Is that, is that what it was? Forty. <laughs> was he? Something sings the blues. Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford sings yeah. the blues. Yeah, it's got a bit of that to it. As I, I like, um, so Danny Ward, the word on the Straza is that uh, Danny Wallstop's going to make a country record. Um, I say, so yeah, I mean, I listen to an awful lot of country music. Rest in peace, Mr. Mel Haggard oh, yeah. uh, passed away yesterday. But I listen to a lot of country music, and to me, this just sounds like, like the the kind of southerny sort of stuff that uh, that Blackstone Cherry and those kind of bands do. Like, I thought it was going to be like, a, like fucking, if not like the cuddly stuff, like Luke Bryan and that sort of thing. I thought it would still be part of that world, whereas it just. Sounds to me he's like a slight Southern rock band. Well, yeah, like yeah. like a a bit of a if I if I can be so bold, a bit of a a less good version of what was going on in We Are Harlot. Like it's still made for the same demographic, mm. but I don't think the quality of this is and it's you know, it's just one song. Like we'll wait for he's recorded I think he's recording something called the Prozac Sessions. Yeah. So like um I'll wait for that. But uh yeah, I I, I kinda I kinda expected a little bit more. Did you from this? Well, yeah. I mean, was like say what you like about uh, uh, about these musical output. He's he's got one of the most unique and brilliant voices in he's rock. He's got a great singing. He's voice, got a definitely. stunning singing yeah. voice, and like, I, and I really like the We Are Harlot record. I just think that yeah, there I was did. a lot there was a lot wrong about certain aspects of it business wise. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I expected more. So I'm hoping that the um, I hope that the coming material because he because I think he needs it. Wars not. I think yeah. it's not. It's not been a. It's not been a kind eighteen months. No, it's, to him, it, I don't think. I mean, you would have kind of. I don't know who I would have put my money on out of him and asking Alexandria, but it looks like they've kind of come out on top of this whole thing, really, doesn't it? Well, in terms of music and art, yes, I would say that the and, asking and record is stronger than popularity anything. Popularity as well. And in popularity as well, because they've yeah. got the name in the first place. Yeah. He's having to try and start something new, but yeah, I mean. This ain't it. I it's all think. right. I, it's just, I it's just got to be better. Like, it's, yeah, it's like a kind of, it's like a not as good Everlast style. And 
It's, I mean, this is something... I don't want to say B-side, but it's not yeah. up to it, really, is it? This is, well, this is something we're going to talk about a little bit later on, but, mm. like, I don't think that you can get away with average music in 2016. I ain't going to cut it, because no. there's so much good shit going on and coming out that even albums that I think are great ain't going to get in my yeah, tw- top 20 of the year. year. It's outrageous, isn't it? But yeah. we'll get to this a little bit later on. First up, your questions. Don't forget, come along, join us on the Facebook page because that's where this shit goes down. First question comes from Brian Murphy. Oh, I like this one. Who's your favourite Irish band? Is that Brian Murphy's uh, the reserve goalkeeper in my club, Portsmouth? He, he's Brian Dropkick Murphy. Yeah, um, <laughs> probably not to be. No. My favourite Irish band, Kurt dog in it obviously <laughs> like Ob- actually serious uh, yeah yeah dead serious yeah that's fair enough i think it is they're definitely the best album like i like ash i like like particularly 1977 ash, brilliant. yeah ash that's really a really good, good shout uh therapy are really good do you like thin lizzy thin lizzy are good yeah obviously uh, I thin, think lizzy. thin lizzy are fucking awesome yeah. yeah i mean that would be the obvious sort of one it's to not pick, my really, choice wouldn't it you too early stuff i yeah. quite like but go on who's your choice the pogues by oh, an yeah, absolute the mile the, po- oh, okay. the pogues are I mean, there's so much punk in that music. I like Celtic-tinged punk music anyway, because like, the bands from my era, like the Murphys and Flogging Molly and uh, that kind of shit. But yeah, the, the Pogues get my vote. I, st- I, I'm gonna st- I still have Curb Dog. A Rainy Night in Soho, one of the best sets of lyrics you will ever read, right. incidentally. Andrew McMahon says, biggest metal band right now that you can't stand, either musically or personally. <laughs> or personally? Personally? Like, oh, yeah, like, oh, that cunt from... From that band. Well, it's funny. Like weirdly, uh, there's a lot of those bands. I mean, I, I, I saw this and I was like, there are a lot of big metal bands at the moment whose music I really don't like. Ooh. But I like well, Disturbed to be right. Obvious, okay, right. Um, I interviewed David Jamin and I thought, and he's really nice. Yeah, he's a lovely bloke. He's really genuinely he's, nice. And uh, like for and I, for, I, I for sort of someone pissed and slagged him off last week, and I feel like I've been doing it for years, for decades. And you didn't when slag I, him off. You called him a punk. We all oh, we off. all heard you, <laughs> every one of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of uh, did. You did. Yeah, you totally did. I've mellowed out uh, <laughs> while he's become <laughs> punk. And, um, <laughs> but I felt quite bad after speaking to him. On the, I was like, "Fucking hell!" He's it is, and he's much. Nice he's much for someone that everyone would assume is a bit of a light nana. Mm. He's a he's a very intelligent man as well. And, um, same with when I met Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch. Yeah, he switched on. And I thought he was like a, like a brilliantly cool guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't like their music at all. Well, I mean, this... It's quite weird. It's, the, the, the thing about a lot of the bands that are at the top of the tree with metal is I think they're inoffensive, and I think that's half of their problem. Yeah. Like, I don't feel either way about them. There's so many cookie-cut stuff. Like, I look at the top of the download bill, and I go, Nightwish are second headliners. Ugh. Mm. So they're the ones who come... Who go automatically to mind, but um, there's not a lot to hate, mm. and that's almost as annoying. Yeah, like I'd rather I'd ra- do. You know what I mean? I would rather a band make me feel like that than a band who makes me feel like um, I guess yeah, the, like those Memphis Mayfiery type bands. But no one's really made it that popular, and even the ones yeah. that do, like I think it's easier for you because like there's Falling in Reverse and bands like that. Yeah, I mean, which it, you don't dig on. No, I don't. No, no, he's a, yeah. I think he's a bell end actually, but I don't even think of him as a sort of um, metal band to be honest. When I thought when I, I was more thinking, I don't know, more of the sort of older. 
Okay, actually, maybe kind of kind of anthrax a little bit at the moment because I think they're. A oh, mess. if we're including the old bands, it's Iron Maiden always. But, oh right, um, okay. But like, I mean, <laughs> of the of do you the... hate Bruce Dickinson as a bloke? No, God, no, no, no. He's right. he's, he's nice. He's boring, but he's... <laughs> oh, God, I can't say that. He's he's nice. He's a nice bloke. Mm. Um, but uh... <laughs> he's boring. I, um, I there's oh God, I don't know if I should say this. Mike from Skindra does a brilliant impression of all of Anthrax. They were sat on the table at Classic Rock with all of Anthrax and he was telling me about them and he was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's a story for the pub. Come and buy us a pint and we'll tell you it. So yeah, sorry to let you down a bit there. Like I feel like there's not... We kind of go in on, like, do you know what I mean? When you said specifically metal, it means that I can't go, well, 30 seconds to Mars and all the yeah. all the usual suspects who mm. I just listen to and go, what's the point? Mm. Um, Pierce the Veil yeah. and, like, those kind of bands. And someone like Leto is a fucking scumbag. Yeah, I mean, the fucking Messiah complex makes me yeah. sick to I my stomach. Him. Like, I I, <laughs> I went to see them. It was one of the most, it was a, it was a fucking moment where I was watching how the tide was turning in the noughties was um, for Kerrang I went to review 30 Seconds to Mars I wouldn't have gone of my own accord obvs mm. um, and I stood in the story of virtually no one had band shirts on at all it was just all civilians all over the place it was just like people going to applaud fame yeah. and not go to rock out a show. I did go. uh, Have I told you this story before? No, no, no. I just remember it getting 1K and and going, how have we gone from this, like, very brilliant and true review to, like... Crawling up his ass. Here's 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 a here's a story that is probably why I don't work in the music industry anymore. So I was I went to that show, and I was going home afterwards, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a three out of five, and just be nondescript, say nothing about it, because you know otherwise I don't want it to affect my work, because you could be seen as a loose cannon by giving it one out of five. And then as I was going home, I was getting more and more angry about the show that I just watched, and I got to the point where when I was going home, I was like, no fuck you, fuck you for all of the bands that are really fucking good that play to two thirds full of a bar fly on a Tuesday night and play every note like they fucking mean it. Fuck you. I'm here to set fire to this shit. Yeah. So, um, yeah, 1K. Mm. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I don't think there's a lot in metal to hate. I just think there's loads of stuff that's like, well, those were some sounds. Yeah, I think when you talk about it personally, that's where it gets difficult. Oh, personally, no, I would that, never, I would never get into it. That's I don't, when it gets difficult. I don't, really. I, you know, I don't hang around with bands enough. Mm. Uh, Elliot Paisley says, if you could pair any artist with any producer for their next album, who would you pick and why? I pick this question particularly because there was a story this week that Rick Rubin turned down working with Deftones. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chino said it. I think it was in a Spin uh, article during the week. It's a really, really good article with Spin. Yeah. I think it was in that. Yeah. Rick Rubin turned down working Death Zones. Well, this is, that would have been quite a good one. That would have been really good. Mm. I'm going to pick something really, really underground, to, Ooh, like well, just for a laugh, um, because it's sort of inspired by that conversation I was having last night, which I was talking to you about. Yeah. Um, we'll probably mention very quickly. So I saw Palm Reader last yeah. night supporting Black Peaks. We'll talk about Black Peaks in a little bit. Palm Reader, as ever, were brilliant. I felt like no one was really kind of paying them that much attention. Sort of sold out show. There was one guy in particular who was screwing his face up at him and, and it was really annoying me. Um, and I sort of spoke to Andy afterwards, a guitarist, mm-hmm. and I was like, you're going to do that thing, like Hang the Bastard and The Defiled and Feed the Rhino and all these other really good bands. You're just going to split up, aren't you? Because I look at that crowd and it's like, why? What is wrong with you people? Mm. Why? And um, 
he was like, oh, no, we're not. We're not. We're not going to be like that. We're going to we're going to tough it out sort of thing. And I was like, I fucking hope so. And I was like, in a way, like I love hardcore, but I felt like the British scene that was so exciting a few years ago with Gallows and mm. then TRC and Feed the Rhino and, and, and yeah, all that yeah. sort of, yeah, and, you know, Last Witness have Breaking all point. sort of, they've all gone. Yeah. And I was like, but you are the only band to kind of come out of that scene who could... Like Britain have never had a cult of Luna or a Converge or a Neurosis. We've never really had. No, a band. we've never we look, had a, a, quote, unquote, a quote unquote clever hardcore band. Yeah, like, I mean the closest thing I think we've got to one of those sort of cult type bands would be like Godflesh or Swans or in a na- Napalm, Napalm Death, Death a little bit. Although Napalm Death are much more yeah yeah, yeah. It's sort of now in the metal world. I would like Palm Reader to go and do an album with um, with uh, Kurt Ballou and actually go let's fuck off all the stuff that I love about because I love these two records yeah. they've done so far but I know that they they write they they did a couple of really slow songs yesterday really kind of brooding kind of post-rock you know arty stuff and mm. I just went go and get the fucking ATP crowd because all the fucking heart, all the kids in terror shirts they ain't going to go for it like they've been touring with Cancer Bats and stuff they've been playing with a lot of those bands and I was like I'd love you to be that band from Britain who go on to have a really brilliant career as a cult band. And I think if they had someone like Kurt Ballou from Converge, who does a masterful job at producing anyone, this, I think yeah. it would be absolutely fucking brilliant. And I, I would just... I, that, I, like, that, that's got me excited even as a prospect listening to it. Yeah, that, that's a really great I answer. wish we as a country had produced a band. Because we used to, you know, when you go back, Godflesh, Napalm, Death, Swans, um, even shit like Joy Division and The Cure, like we mm. used to have really arty bands and like radio are probably the last one of that kind of ilk of yeah. any type of really interesting music that went and became a cult phenomenon well when, you look, at, well when you look at the big stuff that Britain has given the world over the course of the last 20 years or Coldplay and shit like that yeah. yeah so I would I mean I think it's a big fucking task for to, to say the palm reader like go be the new cult of Luna Mm. You know, be the new. But, like, the, 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 but talent, but talent is not an issue with Palm Reader because no. the records are fucking great. Yeah, like you know, like um, you know that against me song. Um, it's uh, I think it's a, a losing touch where he where he says uh, there's nothing wrong. Uh, maybe there's nothing wrong with these songs. Maybe there's something wrong with the audience. Yeah, like yeah, like that's how I feel about Palm Reader. Yeah. It's like the the Captain Sensible thing that I always say about they called Strawberry Strawberries because they didn't want to, they was fed up of. Uh, Feeding strawberries to, to pigs, pig. yeah. Like, yeah. And and I, so and I think you, I think you're right. And that scene is a, uh, you know, all the kind of, uh, and as Andy himself said yesterday, all everyone's deserted that ship and we're just left with the rats. And that's what I feel like that kind of, that brilliant hardcore scene has kind of become a little bit. That sucks so bad. Um, I'm, mine's a weird choice as well because I would like to resurrect someone from the dead. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would love to have heard Neck Deep make a record with Jerry Finn. Yeah. Like, Jerry Finn was an absolute... I mean, you just look at his credits, and I'm not just talking about, like, fucking great, the obvious stuff, like Green Day and Good Charlotte and Blink and that. He did, um, did he do Phoenix he, TX? He did Phoenix TX, yeah. yes. Uh, but he also did You Are the Quarry with Morrissey. Oh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Finn's genius is broad, mm. but, like, you just have to look at his roll call when it comes to, to pop-punk stuff, and they're the most... Um, like if you imagine MTV was the force that it was in the nineties, like Neck Deep are the band that I think are most MTV ready. Yeah. Like they're they're high quality, brilliant melody, short songs, fast, <laughs> furious, in, out, bubblegum. Mm. Um like uh but 
I think Jerry Finn and them could have done something really, really special together. Right. So that's my answer. Uh, Elliot Paisley. I oh know that's the one that we've just done. Simon yeah. Kaczynski says, please discuss this, guys. What has wrestling got Treble to do? Treble exclamation mark as well. Yeah, please discuss this, guys. So that, that's three <laughs> exclamation marks. What has wrestling got to do with a music festival? That's two question marks. Uh, I know Bees is a fan, but objectively speaking, how can Download justify spending whatever it costs to book the wrestling? I don't see the connection. There are metal fans who like wrestling for sure but many like football too and if they booked United to play Arsenal in friendly I would find that just as strange and unjustifiable uh, I think Simon makes some brilliant points there mate what do you think Steve they have a comedy tent at festivals quite a lot I don't really see it's particularly different is no it? it's not and I think that um, because festivals have got more pricey mm. because bands ask more money now I mean if you want the total package on about all of that go and listen to our podcast that's the people versus Andy Copping. Um, but uh, I think that you have to justify that price ticket. Yeah. And that involves more than just some bands. So there's this, I mean, it's, this is horribly media, but like there's this whole, like the festival experience thing mm. that, that they talk about at that kind of level. And I think it's part of that. Um yeah, so I think that, I mean, I've seen loads of people are super stoked on it, so it's it's got enough in common with the, with the, with the audience. I mean, I, personally speaking, like, NXT is massive, like, it's huge, it's a global brand, and it's the coolest name in wrestling. Yeah. Um, I feel sorry for Progress, who were doing it last year, yeah. who really benefited from that exposure. The yeah. WWE do not need exposure. Is it NXT? I didn't even know yeah, that. It's a, oh, okay. Yeah, mate, they're bringing NXT over, and, like, the full nine yards, Finn Balor, like, the, the full lot, it's going to be, it's going to be mad. Like, the- literally the hottest wrestling product in the world. If they bring mm. Shinsuke Nakamura, mate, I will lose my fucking I've got mind. Yeah. Now I know that. I've got to say, like, I thought, is it going to be on after the bands or is it going to be on during the bands? Because you think something like that would have to be middle um, of the day, prime time. That's just going to no, take. No, not necessarily. You I, don't think? No, I two don't. in the morning they're going to be doing yeah. it? Yeah. Really? What, mate, when I, when I went to NXT in the States, uh, WrestleMania weekend in San Jose, California last year, yeah. the show didn't start till 10 and it was finishing at like one o'clock in the morning. So if the bands finish at 11, it's not out of the realms that they start at 11 and finish at one. Yeah, that's true. Like, okay, fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, yeah, like, there's always that thing that we say when, when people are on the internet going, oh, that band are headlining and I don't like them. They should cancel this whole festival. And it's yeah. like, well, go and take it to another stage. Go and do something else. And, That's and, the something else. And quite frankly, it is, it's the thing in wrestling, man. If you have even the slightest, slightest, tiniest, I mean, I'm going to go over there. It's going to be madness in there. Yeah. A tent full of the rowdiest fucking rockers on planet Earth but, and the NXT thing. Like, But I, I do see your point Simon but I'm yeah, only, I, I can only talk for me but I totally I see your to point. talk about that as, as a point I mean I would say as I said they usually would have a comedy stage at a festival you know skateboarding and stuff has happened like when you used to have the Vans Warped Tour at Reading they used to have a sort of skate ramp with pro skaters and stuff I think you know you, you don't you don't have to look too far to look between the, the the link between hard rock and wrestling I don't think that's like too much of a stretch I mean really we don't even need to discuss it so I don't think it's it's just another thing yeah. Like for me, it's not something I'm particularly interested in, but you know, I'm not going, what the fuck? If it was like Mary Berry's going to be making muffins or something, I would go, what the fuck? Mary yeah, Berry? Paul Hollywood fucking making a bloody sandwich. What? Eh? Of course. But that, like, yeah. Uh, but wrestling, like, I get it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it speaks for itself. Let's get on with the reviews then. Right. <laughs> 
Now, if we were to pick probably the, our favourite band for this podcast between the two of us, I think this next band would probably be the band that would get the nod. Mm-hmm. They are... Blackstone Cherry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw, motherfuckers. No, Blackstone Cherry will be coming up. We are, of course, about to talk about the new album from Deftones. It's called Gore, and it is out today. Mm-hmm. Now, first and foremost, so... Um, I've got friends who are lifelong Deftones fans who are knowledgeable music fans that I really genuinely listen to loads and they don't uh, like lifelong Deftones fans and they really don't like this record. Right? Yeah, I've heard a few people say so that. So there's a couple of people out there. So this is not the kind of open and shut. Yeah, there you go. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Apart from it is, obviously. Bit like, bit like White Pony, then. Um, yeah, right? Exactly, yeah, exactly. You're fucking right. You're... Ah, oh, we'll get to that. Right, um, but... Uh, so, it's been immediate for me. I, I, I like, Koino Yoken took me about a year to get into. Now, that's mm. not an exaggeration. Like, I was always like, ah, oh, Swerve City kicks ass, and then it kind of loses its way a bit. Um, this one, no such thing. I, I loved it from the first time I listened to it. But the first thing I thought was... There are no singles on this record. I was having this conversation today with Luke Morton, uh, who is the online editor of Metal Hammer, and he said he was one of the people, I'm not really keen, there's no songs on it. No, see, that's a nonsense. That's bollocks. That is complete bollocks. I think what when you talk about something like Swerve City, Mm. that instant, you know, when they came back with Diamond Eyes, it was like, oh, this is the Deftones that... 17 year old me grew up loving you know like stuff yeah. like it's an around the, like everything around the fur pretty much makes is kind of instantaneous even the sort of slower parts yeah. of it it reveals itself more the more you listen yeah. to it but that's not true of White Pony it's certainly not true of Saturday Night Wrist either I think it's no, more true yeah. of the previous two I would compare if I was to sort of put this I think it's got a lot I think this album's got a lot in common with the second half of Koino Yoken yeah, fair bit. Say. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, like yeah. it's not a complete, massive, radical departure. But um, yeah, it, it's definitely a much more difficult. It's probably the most. It's the most difficult record they've done for a long time. I, for me, it it was like it. I have fallen in love with every Deftones record immediately. Yeah. Since day one, to right? Be okay. This is probably the one that I had to listen to the most. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, it really is. This one really, really like first Just time, you straight first away. time, man. Mm. But like, I think I'm in. Uh, I think musically and where my where my taste is at right now, I'm into expansive. Like this is an album that's built on atmosphere and feel mm. rather than and, and atmosphere and feel are not things that you would associate with like fucking I don't know rockets rocket skates yeah. or seven words or mm. something like. So, but, but you would is, with something like beware or. You would. Chairs from yes. um, Saturday Night Wrist. I think there's a lot of a lot of the stuff that the, they, the, the, they did on Saturday Night Wrist. Uh, until the end of Beware is a really good shout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that is like kind of... I, I think there's a lot of like... I love Saturday Night Wrist. Mm. Like, I love all their records. Um, but I think that is probably the most disjointed one. And it's probably the one... It's the least good yeah, probably. I mean, just, mate, that's no like no, like we were not, saying, yeah. like we were saying when we, on the Metallica special. Like when you're comparing brilliant with brilliant, they haven't mm. done a record that I haven't yeah. liked, and yeah. that that stays firm today. It's probably the only one that drops below a nine for me. It would be, I'd be like an eight, and everything else would be nine or ten. I think so. 
Oh yeah. Well, no, I'm 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 just looking. I, I can't. I think yeah, an eight is fair. I couldn't decide between an eight and a nine. Mm. See, I really really like this record. I think that there's oh this. Well, yeah, you're talking about, I was talking about Saturday Night Race. Oh, right, Saturday Night like, Race, yeah, eight. That's the only one yeah. that I would give an eight to and everything yeah. else would be yeah. nine or ten. Yeah, I've got yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, mate. I think this is, I like, personally, I think all the experiments they did on Saturday Night Wrist um, have sort of flourished on this album. Mm. All the things they tried that maybe didn't, I think there's a few on Saturday Night Wrist that I'm like, it's good. Like, Beware is a brilliant song. That's stunning. It's fucking brilliant. Stunning. But I think that is... The a, doom obvious, on that last yeah. riff gets me every time. But it's an obvious standout in an yeah. album of stuff which is occasionally going yeah, in that weird, and mine are the two, yeah, yeah. weirder directions. See, I don't even really like mine. That's oh, not I'm right, not okay, fair I like Jerches and I like um, Cherry Waves, I really yeah, like Cherry as Waves well. Yeah, Cherry Waves is good. Um, and like the first track yeah. is brilliant. Holding, yeah. Like there's fucking like, yeah. Yeah, we're talking about Saturday Night Wrist here. What the fuck's going on? Um, yeah. But anyway, I think this is kind of the natural successor. That's like, I know they were in a bit of a weird place when they did Saturday Night Wrist. Mm. And I feel like you could kind of tell. I feel mm. like on this record, they've almost, it's almost like, I think a lot of the best bands reinvent themselves but re-go over old ground so if you listen to Diamond Eyes I feel like that yeah, was kind of yeah. around the fur again yeah. like updated yes, yes spot on um, and this is like Saturday Night Wrist updated but this time uh, it's done way I think better it, yeah it's much much better than that mm. I think that, um, that this is if, if you were to go like well, what what first impression of it what 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 have you got to tell me I would say it's a Chino record there's absolutely no two ways about it definitely um, I, th- I think that uh, this uh, but th- th- there's a difference between so when Chino goes off and does Seam Sleep or Crosses or, or Psalms or, or, or any of that sort of stuff uh, I think Gore shows the difference between Deftones and those projects, and that's with the greatest respects to those other projects. Chino is a force of nature. He's vo- he's the, vo- the voice is one of those things where, where they say the voice is an instrument to yeah. be used and not just just a, a singer. Like I think he's the truest incantation of that. But the band around him elevate his work so much. This is an album based on feel and ambience. And at the heart of that, you've got Abe Cunningham, Abe Cunningham who is an absolute master of his craft when it comes to beats. Mm. And that's what this is about. It's about groove and solidity. It's not about fancy and, and all that. It's about beats. And that man, as much as any drummer you want to mention, when it comes to straight out beats, this is a digital bath, the yeah. end of that discussion. Uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's an absolute, he's an absolute absolute master on this and Steph Carpenter as well Steph Carpenter like my my problem with those Chino projects are, are like again they're seven out of tens like they're, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination but but they kind of float off into the ether to me like musically they just kind of wistfully float off into space whereas Steph Carpenter's hammer guitar tone and he's a natural aggression with the way he plays mm. brings it fucking back to earth. Do you know what I mean? That crunch and that mighty feel. It's not here much on this record. It's not there a lot. I mean, but when it is, it's but when it really is, really brilliant and, and it's as well. tasteful as well. This mm. is the thing. Like the, the thing about Deftones is, and especially like this is an album that is another one that just goes. Deftones are going to be able to grow old gracefully, and everything they do, they do comes with a sheen of elegance and class. Yeah. And this album is that. I, th- I think. I think this is the classiest Deftones record would, to date. It's a really glossy. I think this is a career best performance from Frank Delgado. 
Really? Yeah. I really? Think, I think Frank Delgado is like, if you think of the Deftones... He's, he's great on it. I don't think it's a career best. But really? What would you say was his best ever... Still first. White, the first. White yeah. Pony. The first. Yeah, I... I yeah, the atmosphere, I, like, I mean... Yeah, the just... atmosphere. I, I think, like, actually, like, because I went back and listened to White Pony because yeah. I wanted to kind of... D- measure really it against get the best, that yeah. in my head yeah. and I feel like White Pony I, I think that those atmospherics are so re- like obvious on that album because yeah. they weren't there before whereas they've been there for a long time now and I think if you think of the Deftones as like an orchestra I think on this album although you say like Steph underpins it all with those riffs yeah. and and, um, and Abe is the kind of the motor the heartbeat mm-hmm. of it all I feel like Frank's kind of the conductor where he allows everything to go to kind of branch out and then they fill in the gaps. Yeah. It's it, it's well, like, it's not obvious to stuff he does because I think like, if you listen to White Pony, it's kind of obvious where he comes in. I don't think it's that, like his part in this record is almost, it's not really tangible. You can't really actually go, oh, there's that, there's Frank. Yeah, it's not easy but, to pick out like a riff or, yeah, yeah or but a after beat, yeah. kind of 10 listens, I started finding myself like, you, you know when you like hum a bit of a song or like the kind of the the, the throb that goes through it almost. Yeah. I found myself like feeling like I was going at Frank's sort of pace, the bits Ooh. that he brought. I think he's really brilliant and really underrated in this. And, I agree. And he's so like, some people who would be like the DJ or the turntable guy or whatever could be so showy. There's nothing showy about him at all. I, I actually think this is, Possibly, I mean, definitely, like maybe neck and neck with Diamond Eyes might be the best album they've done since White Pony. Oh man! Um, like I, 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 th- I think Diamond Eyes is my favourite since White Pony. I would say I, 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 that's, I prefer it to, that's the thing that. Um, since what? No, I would have the self-titled over this as well. So but, I'd have this over the self-titled. I say, I, but I'm, I'm mad. I think I might even have Saturday Night Wrist over the self-titled. You know? Oh wow! Okay. No, I wouldn't know. Actually, right, Elephant in the Room time. So we're going to yeah. get to Steph Carpenter. Right, so let's not fuck around. Let's do this the way that we properly always do this. Let's not take anything out of context or anything like that. Here here is Steph Carpenter's, uh, Steph Carpenter's actual quotes that he gave to Ultimate Guitar in uh, magazine. I think my proudest thing about my guitar playing on this record is just playing on the record because I didn't want to play on the record to begin with. It wasn't until way later once I actually got into it. I look at all the songs on the record and they were all a challenge for me to get into. When we were coming up with ideas and writing the songs, the stuff that was being written, you know, the other guy's ideas, I wasn't too interested in it. It wasn't the style or the sound I was hoping we would take it wasn't what i was expecting or wanting my band is going in one direction i am going in another one currently i just really like metal and i love all the metal that's being played right now i wish everybody would stop saying gent though that's just dumb it's just metal uh there's (laughs) one more is that it yeah that's so that's it that's steph carpenter's actual quote um can you understand why steph carpenter was a little put out by Gore because in the same way that Steph it took him a while to get into wanting to to contribute to these songs um I think that there's a lot of people like there's there's no like we've already said there's no singles there's not a lot of bounce there's no command control everything is quite 
abstract. Even when I look at the songs that I really like on it, I really like Pichura Pichura Infamante, uh, which has got an opening riff that is so gloriously psychedelic and 90s, got almost like Weezer meets Smashing, Siamese Dream, Smashing Pumpkins feel to it. Like everything, and things like, I really love... um, The title track is fucking... The title track is fucking... Is wicked. uh, Hearts, Wires, and like the thing, another thing that I really like about this record is uh, Phantom Bride. They've never done a track like that before. No, it's totally unique. Yeah. Like hearing a traditional guitar player like Jerry Cantrell walking into the Deftones world and giving it all a new flavour. Yeah. But do you think? Do you think that? There is enough Steph on this record. I think there's enough. Well, yeah, but I think it's a really good record, and I think like you know, rather, rather want more than not have enough in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Like Ooh. it's the same thing as I was saying. He, I think like it shows a lack of ego on his part. Like when I to hear those comments and like I actually, so I actually spoke to him on the phone um, yeah. about a week after this break because apparently he wasn't sort of open for press particularly on this album. He, to does, begin he doesn't with. do much press yeah. anyway, mate. And and then when all that happened, I think they wanted somebody to sort of set the record straight. And yeah. I was lucky enough to be asked to be that guy. And I said to him, like, there's no, you know, obviously there's no way I'm going to stitch you up. Yeah. Or, like fucking take things out of context yeah. or anything. And he was like, I was talking about one song and there are, and he's like, and I do like metal and I do like rock. Um, and he knows I do like, I, everyone like, knows I, this about yeah, him. He's like, I want to make heavy stuff. He's like, so when Cheeto first met him, he was playing death angel. That's an actual, that's an actual yeah. thing. Yeah. And you know, he just said, I was talking about one song that they brought to me that I was having trouble getting into the headspace with. And he was like, and people have kind of, done what people do in the media these days and blown everything out of all proportion mm. he was like there was never any chance i was going to leave there was people getting so emotional about it he said i was kind of worried a little bit about you know where's my part sitting that and where's where do i go in this and that but it shows to me it shows uh, a tremendous lack of ego and restraint i mean if this would say Def Leppard or whatever, mm. and those guys, you know, when we reviewed the Def Leppard well, album, it was all about could... let's fight for who can get the most, like, widdly, widdly, widdly. Yeah. You know, like, I'm, we're talking about beer now by Oasis the other week, yeah. and that is just punctuated with, you know, coked up grotesque excess in yeah. the most sort of repulsive way. Yeah. And so for Steph to go, you know, it's hard for me because this isn't my natural mm. game, but. I'm a team player and I'm going to sit back and I'm going to do the stuff that is needed to serve this album is, is a testament it, to him, I think. It also shows uh, just how far Deftones have come as a unit. And yeah. I mean that in the truest sense of the word. Like, on the self-titled record, when Steph felt that way and Chino felt that way, what you have on that record is two worlds smashing into one another. Mm. Like, Minerva? Yeah, cool. When girls telephone boys. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, rage. Oh, mellow. Mm. This is, okay, the band have decided on a mellow direction. That's where the songs are going. But without that tone and what we all love about Steph and what the other members of the Deftones love about Steph, Mm. like, is this? Yeah. This is why you end up with one of the best bands on earth because without each part component, it doesn't doesn't go as well. Mm. There's a reason why Deftones are, A, one of the best bands on the planet, and B, how many lineup changes? Zero. Zero. Well, one, one, one enforced. Enforced one, yeah. Like, this is... Uh this is Deftones and it's another triumph for yeah. me. Like, I mean, I, I, I can appreciate that this might not be for everyone because it's, it's a different Deftones well, record. But uh, like at the same time, I, I'm a Deftones fan and I love it. So yeah. I'm, not, I love I'm, it. I'm, I'm not really, 
Now, fuck those people. I'm not going to appease them. This well, is a really good album. Here's the thing. It's I, a really, really great album. It's actually. not a metal album. I would say, like... Ah, fuck no. No, 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 not at all. Like, for a band who... It's an experimental rock For a band who have have trod the line sort of back and forth over doing metal and doing other things, Mm. there's not, you know, there's much more in common with, I think, there's much more in common with Pink Floyd and James Addiction. James Addiction's a really good shout on this album. Brilliant, yeah. Bands like that than there is um, with, you know, the new metal brethren that they used to hang out with. And I think... It's going to take a certain sort of person, even in their fan base. But that's what you know. What what bands like are, are sort of eight in albums into their career and are challenging their fan base like this? You can count them on and, one hand. And by challenging them, that's not just releasing an album that's of a different yeah. sort of it's style. It's not it's Lulu. It, no, exactly. It's cohesive. It fits perfectly into their back catalogue. It's where they're at in, in twenty sixteen, and I'm fucking happy where they are. Love that band. Tops. Right, next one. We are going in on Blackstone Cherry's new album, Kentucky. This came out last week. Um, I didn't see this coming. I really like this album. I, do you know what? It's, it's bloody good, this album, isn't it? It's really I, good. What, like, I it's think really, in, really good. In another week, Blackstone Cherry's Kentucky would be getting, a, a, I think, a fucking shitload of of sort of praise and hyperbole. I think because of... What, I'm going to give it some praise. I know. I'm going to give it some praise as well. I, I think, like... It's a really, really good rock record. And it reminds me of what you were saying about Nickelback last week. And, you know, yeah. uh, if if it was that easy to write yeah. these massive songs, everyone would be doing it and yeah. no one is. And there's a reason why Blackstone Cherry are headlining Wembley Arena and the Temperance Movement, uh, you know, support, yeah. supporting... Blackberry Smoke ain't doing Virgin, it anytime yeah, soon. Yeah, they're doing the Virgin, supporting the Virgin Marys at the 100 Club. Yeah. Like, that is a reason for that. And you can hear it all over this record. Um, the two best things about it uh, is that I think make it you know a step up is Chris is a fucking great vocalist and he has been since the very first record yeah. I remember that I, I remember hearing them for the first time when that here comes the rain on Rain Wizard was like the fuck did they get this guy yeah, yeah. serious boys Se- I mean, bits of Chris Robinson from the Crows in there he's got what I love like there's a last song on it the Rambler I think it's beautiful like I, I was sort of I thought the album was great but that final track is just Chris with like is it a, it's like a violin, a violin yeah, yeah. and it's Really brilliant. It's what is stunning. Why I stunning. Why I would compare kind of, that to the Wars Not track. Yeah, earlier. like that's exactly. how you fucking do it. Um, and what I like the difference between sort of um, a bands like who play these kind of uh, these kind of like rock southern rock bands and Blackstone Cherry is there's as much. Kurt Cobain is there is Greg Ullman but, uh, mate it's like you fucking read my notes I've got about there's a, there's a song on here that like um, the pre-chorus of In Our Dreams mm. I was like it even channels Nirvana because I was when this album starts just the guitar tone itself like the guitar tone's got more in common with like Black Sabbath than it has Nickelback or uh, like Alter Bridge or one of those kind yeah. of bands I couldn't believe it when the guitars came in yeah, yeah. but yeah Nirvana's a great shout like, who would have expected that? Yeah. Like, it's wicked to see it's the way that this band are progressing. And the other thing, and I think the man of the match, like, ooh, maybe not man of the match, because yeah. Chris does a great, like, by the end, I was like, oh, that's tough. But yeah. John Fred Young on drums, man. He's, he's a beast, isn't he? fucking Animal. outstanding. Standing. Like, he's the thing who propels this entire band from... Like, there are songs yeah. in here, like... There are compositions on this record that you could go, this is an all right song, delivered in... Like a fucking tornado, a monstrous tornado mm. of fury by that guy making that band play 
five times harder than they would do. He's a brilliant drummer. And, yeah. like, he is all over the shop on this. Like, not in a bad way. All over yeah. the shop makes it sound like he's fucking falling yeah. over himself. No, no, no. But, like, he is, like domineering like he's 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 a bit like and I, I was thinking that halfway through I was like this album's good but it's made better by those drums he kind of reminded me of um, do you remember when England played Greece and David Beckham scored that free kick yes and we were and we qualified for the World yeah. Cup and we were everybody was terrible yeah. and Beckham basically ran around the pitch on his own yeah. grabbing people by the scruff of their neck and going come on and yeah. like pulling everybody through yeah. on his own there's a point about halfway through the album I was like going he's pushing it pulling this whole band through like yeah. with it sounds disrespectful to the other members but it's not meant to be mm. like he just literally was dragging yeah, everybody on twice I mean, as fast you can't help but especially I mean when you watch them live even the amount of times that people go that fucking drummer yeah. it's no disrespect to the other people in that band I mean there's there's bits of this album that go into like standard standard like the southern boogie is there on like soul machine and there's a song called long ride that is pretty arena friendly and kind of made for us radio but like there's a song on here called there's a song on here called hangman right that's got a bounce to it that sounds like down's baby brother like or the sword or someone like that it's Mm. just got real 70s influence mountain style big fucking riffs and and huge hamburger rock yeah it comes after that cover of war as well doesn't it (laughs) mate talk about slapping you on the chops out of nowhere like i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe it because it comes so early on the album like when we're in a track listings like you'll notice if a band covers a song on an album it's usually like the penultimate track or the last track or something like that. This is like five or six tracks in. So when it started, I was like, it's fucking Edwin Starr. Mate, I've seen Edwin Starr. Have you really? Twice, right? <laughs> uh, playing the Overton Memorial whoa, Institute. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And uh, yeah, so I've got a lot of love for Edwin Starr. So I was if you, like, know, if you yeah. don't know what we're talking about, they cover that song that used to be used in Gladiators that goes, whoa, whoa, whoa what is it good for? It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Like, um, I, I, th- this is the kind of band, Blackstone Cherry, that you kind of expect us to steam into. And I, They're just I, like, better than all the other ones. To do this, um, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, do we put Steel Panther in with that lot? Because no. I don't. Right, okay. No, I wouldn't. Um, I would. Yeah. Or you got a fucking shine down. No, Hailstorm, Alterbridge. Alterbridge. Um, Alterbridge a bit more like this is serious. I think Alterbridge are less fun. Yeah, they are. Le- they are less fun. They're a more serious band. Yeah. Uh, oh, but but by, the, both, by the by, those like, those are the best two. The gap between the shit like Shine Down mm. and this is fucking huge. Yeah, it's, it's a, like it, someone who likes Shine Down would hear this record and you think their head would fucking explode. But well, yeah, you'd like to think so. Yeah, and MVP on this album is that last song, The Ramblers. Yeah. It's fucking it's really unbelievable. Turn the radio up when your heart breaks down. That is a fucking lyric. That yeah, we'll give really you that. Good. Yeah, out of nowhere, Blackstone Cherry. It's two weeks and we haven't had a bad record. I don't know what the fuck's going on in the world. Uh, so next <laughs> album, good, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, at the beginning of this year, we picked out a bunch of bands. The Dirty Nil was one of the first ones, and that delivered. A lot of hype on this next band. They are called Black 
Peaks. The album is called Statues. Steve. Now, I've been watching on your Twitter, uh, and there's a, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about in, over the course of this review. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been seeing you getting incredibly excited about this record, and I hear quite a lot of failure in it. Mm. Um, so, no, failure of the band, not the act of failing. <laughs> um, Steve, Black Peaks statues. So a couple. It's funny because a couple of years ago, um, I went to Heavy Fest and I saw Marmosets at Heavy Fest. Mm. And they were just a fucking noise. And I thought, oh dear, this isn't very good. I thought the same about Marzet. Uh, so uh, they were one of those bands yeah. that I just kind of like half kept an eye on because yeah. lots of people liked them, but I didn't dig it until the record came out. And then out. suddenly all this hype was like, oh my God, Marmoset's album's going to be out soon. And I was like, really? Who gives a shit? Yeah. Like, rubbish. And then I heard it, and it is a mod- that's a modern classic. Oh, absolutely. Like, definitely. Oh, well, it was I'm my, it was my album of the year, yeah. the year it came yeah. out. And... Um, and I was like, I was on the radio at the time, and I was playing them all the time. Like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, Even people I know with horrendous taste in rock music, like Marmosets. Mm. And uh, last year I went to Heavy Fest and I saw Black Peaks, and they had a really shit sound. And a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, they're really, really good. They're really, really exciting." Mm. And I didn't really see it. I was yeah. a bit like, "Well, yeah, they're, they're all right. Like they're fine, but you know, not so much." Um, and then this album got sent through to me, and I, I whacked it on. And I just dug it completely from the from the word go. Like the first track, which you might have heard, Glass Built Castles. Um, any band that can go can spend the first thirty seconds sounding like every time I die. I've got that written down here. Look, uh, yeah, sounds like Big Dirty every time yeah. I die style riffing. Every it. time I die to go into sounding like Tall or something. That's... Again, I, I've, in my notes here, yeah. I, I said I thought it's fucking weird as fuck that we did Mare de Noms by a perfect circle last week because the chorus of that opening song could be could be a perfect circle. Yeah. Like, this is... So, the sound of this record is like post-rock fucking butting heads with all kinds of stuff yeah. that is more in There's your... Mastodon. It's more, it's more in your bo- bo- uh, ocean size, mm. shit tons of ocean size all over oh, this I album. hear music. It. Muse, yep, absolutely. Uh, I hear like I say, Tool every was time a good shout. Oh, there's there's uh, the um, Deftones. Deftones loads. There's like the tranquil picking bits of Opeth. Yeah, Opeth. is it is in there? Uh, it's a melting pot. But how would you describe the sound of this record? Because at the minute we're just kind of going. Ah, it sounds like loads of different bands. Like because it does sound. This band is not a band that you can go, oh, they're part of that scene no. or they're part of this. This is a total, like, this is a freak of the litter in the best. And I love that about it. That's, yeah, that too. don't even begin to think that that's a criticism. That is a beautiful thing when a band can stand on its own two feet. I, I just, like, how do you explain the sound? I, I think, you know... Expansive? Yeah, expansive. It would be, like, cr- you know... Crack the Sky era Mastodon covering the Big Dirty by Every Time I Die. If you were going to be mm. kind of like put it in some sort of box, they're kind of a punk band, they're kind of a hardcore band, they're kind of a proggy. They've got, they remind me a bit of Cave In, like if you Cave In's a great all shout. Sorts of things yes. that Cave In had done. I like, I, I love this record so much. I, I, I honestly, how you know how you feel about Creeper? Yeah. I think that's how I feel about Black Peaks. Ah, oh, that's awesome. I, I'm really stoked. I, I saw them last night and I, they have got absolute... They are fucking young. They have How got, old are they, would you, would you say? In their like early, 20s? early 20s. right. Like real early 20s, yeah. I think. Um, 
they've got absolutely no right to be as good as this on their debut album. Yeah. There is, there is no way. Like, and I think Creepers kind of actually, like, not sonically, but in terms of the I- the ideology and the ambition of the band like yeah. all the stuff you, you love about creeper is the fact that they go right well you know we're going to draw from 70s glam and we're going to draw from my chemical romance yes. we're going to draw from hardcore punk and, and make we're going to put total- it into a cohesive package of you know of stuff that you can go right well this fits beautifully in a club but one day you can imagine it playing on the biggest festival stages and just fucking blowing people's minds i think a band like the success of a do band- you think that it could be successful because there, there's well, not there's like outside of that opening track there's not a lot of instant gratification on this record no, like there is like with- uh, like, uh, like uh, mm. i i totally i can I, I know a steve record when i hear it yeah like so I, I get that but like how do you think that this can be popular because to me every couple of years like the business like throws their weight behind a band like this i'll tell you a really good example do you remember empress yeah, I do. Right, okay. Empress- do you remember? Hold on, hear mm-hmm. me out. I'm not. I'm, yeah. Let me finish okay, first. Fine, yeah. Right, you know the way that everyone fawned over Empress for five minutes. Yes, yeah. uh, I was left kind of going. Um, sure, fine, okay. Um, there is a world of difference between something like that and something like this. Yeah, like I, I think that it's 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 going to be hard. To, to market and make palatable and make big but who gives a fuck about that we're about quality on this show and it is high quality stuff and I, I feel a little bit like you with the Oceans of Slumber record because I've been so fucking busy with the Metallica stuff this week that like mm. I've only uh, I've only I, I don't feel like I'm in the guts of the record and can talk with the authority that I would usually talk with but I think it's very 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 good well there's if you look at a band like Biffy Clyro or Muse and how big they are, like there is always going to be one. I would like to think that Black Peaks could be that one because I honestly, even in even in a week where the Deftones have got a new album out, right, and we've this has been I've this is I've been listening to Gore and this, and it's been like two heavyweight fighters. It's been like Rocky Four, like two wins. duking it out. I think this does. Wow. Like, wow. This is more instantaneous, but I still think that all the things I said about listening to Deftones and letting it grow and letting it get, I think it's yeah. here on this record. I think at the moment, this is a, my favourite album of the year. And I, wow. I, I would be, and wow. to, to the point where I would go, it's, if, if Let Live is the only people, I would be staggered if this isn't in my isn't my album of the year and I well in my top two because I can only see Let Live of the unless something like comes from nowhere Let Live are the only thing I can see beating this for my album of the year if Let Live album isn't as good as this it's fucking done and dusted as far as I'm concerned there's a song in here called Drone which Mm. again like the start of it is so simple it's so fluid it grabs you immediately but I've listened to that song I've listened to that song five times today, mm-hmm. right? And it is, it is just, it's just, like, stunning. Every member it's of this band. It's rare that you're lost, that you're lost for words like this. I am, this, that, that I am speaks like, volumes. Like, it is like completely, it's incredible, this record. 
I don't, I honestly, if you said, if, if someone came in here now and they didn't know anything about Deftones, they didn't know anything about Black Peaks, which they probably wouldn't know yeah. much about Black Peaks. But if you said, right, there's two albums, there's Gore and there's Statue, right? Mm. And one of them is the eighth album by one of the most respected, un, like cult bands in the world who are loved for their grandiose nature and all the wonderful yeah. different styles they can do. And the other is a debut album by a young British band. And you played them both them re- those records and went, which one's which? I don't think they'd be able to tell you. If they didn't That's a fair know, point. Because there, cause there is the you. level of musicianship and artist, artistry on here, like to be able to cohesively stitch all of these things together. Like the fact that Muse would be the main band. Muse before, I lo- Muse before they lost it would be the main band that I would compare this to. And kind of Absolution era Muse as yeah. well. Really apocalyptic well, feeling. And like this... This band as well, like they're a British band, but they're a band that, you know, most bands you can go, oh, well, they have a distinctive style of their either region or country or whatever. This band sound like they were dropped down from space. Like it's so... It's like, well, it is unique because yeah. look at us. Listen yeah. to the listen to the bands that we're throwing into the melting pot, it's, and every one of them, like you can go, well, yeah, there's a bit of that, but it's not really, and a bit of that, and it's not really. And unique rock band in 2016, impressive as a motherfucker. And talking about, we talked about Chino Moreno and his voice. Um, I mean, I think as musicians, all all four of them are amazing musicians. Like mm. all four of them. Um, oh, unquestionably. Will, their singer, has got, if I mean, Chino Moreno's probably got a one in a billion voice, but Will's got like, a, like I saw them last night. His voice is, is, is unbelievable. Is, is, like, it, is it as can, soaring live as it is on this record? Yeah. Uh, it, he can do the, I mean, I talked about Agent Fresco and the guy from Agent Fresco having yeah. this amazing, like beautiful, like it's really band moving, that this is in the same yeah, moving like voice and, and he's amazing live, but Will does that, but he also does screams that like high pitched, like tearing your vocal cords, screams that like cut through you and they, it goes on and on and on. And, He's also, he's kind of, he's like, in the nicest possible way, he's kind of a weirdo as well. He's kind of a, like, an unusual, he, he, he's not a, like, sometimes, the reason I think they might not get big is because you look at Matt Bellamy and he's a bit, and he's small and he, he's lithe and he looks like a rock star, mm. you know? Yeah. Will is, like, got a, a sort of a funny moustache and he, he just looks like a normal kind of, he looks like some normal kid. Mm. Um and you go like you look at him and you go, well, that might put off people who listen to Radio One. I mean, it's not going to put me. I, I like them more because of it. Yeah, right? I say, like, you, know I like, I mean? you, you could tell like by Will the from, angry and confused look that I was giving you all the way through that. Yeah, yes, like Will from Creeper. Yeah, who is like is Joey Ramone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, uh, he's uh, he's not fucking he's not Tom DeLonge. He's Joey Ramone. Yeah, I agree. And Will is like you know he's not Matt Bellamy and he's not Simon Neil. He's more like like Frank Black yeah or the dude like um, uh, Tattoo Face from Mastodon but without any tattoo Brent, right, okay, Brent, Brent from Mastodon yeah, okay. like a kind of an awkward like awkward in his own skin almost but like yeah. with this voice it just comes out of him like it t- like and even like live I, like this is a fucking huge comparison because his voice is nothing like him but actually to look at and the way he made me feel touch of Ian Curtis the way he moves wow. the way he moves wow. the way he stands the way he just doesn't really look like he should be in a band I, but I mean that's the live show they were fucking amazing last night they were amazing and 
he is a magnetic presence but even when he steps away from the mic because he tends to kind of when he's not singing he would step away from the mic and kind of go behind the drum kit and crouch down and Mm. like he doesn't really want to be um but the rest of the band they just like they they just they're so tight and they're so in this it was so like perfect it's the perfect jigsaw of like of almost pop music and rock music not metal but rock music and this punk rock attitude and originality and weirdness and quirkiness and like songwriting that it, it, Jamie Lemon's on the record I mean it's fucking yeah, yeah on the, la- the, it, the last it, song as well this album is so fucking brilliant I don't have the words and it is called Statue and it's by Black Peaks it is out today make sure you go and check it out oh and just as a final point yep We've got the best bands in the world now, haven't we? Yeah, Britain? there you go. You're doing it again. Oh, actually, uh, let me ju- let me just let me drag you onto that. Actually, so you keep making this statement. I keep seeing it popping up on your yeah. on your Twitter that 2016 is the year. You well, think, think in terms of this decade? So, I mean, we're in. I've heard I've heard my album of the year. I can tell you that already. I'm, is it Weezer? Uh, no, I'm absolutely not allowed to talk okay, about fine. it. Uh, but I've so I've, I've heard the best album. Okay, fine. Of, I've heard the best album of 2016. Yeah. Um, but. Um, it's mind blowing mm. how much good because the bands that we the thing that defines our podcast. I I like to think is that we don't just fucking get out of our chair about any old shit. Yeah, right. We're 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 harsh. We're harsh markers, and we look at music deeply and all the rest of it. And yet, there is a barrage like half of my top 10 of last year's albums wouldn't get in the top 20 albums of the year so far this year yeah right that's no exaggeration what is it is it is it just the the breadth of bands the the level of amazing bands coming coming through like big bands delivering or all of the above I just like, I mean, I, you know, I don't even think of all the kind of the big bands. That, a couple of years ago, right? 2013, which was the last great year for music. Like, that was a great year. Yeah, the last year. two have been patchy. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2013 was the best year of this decade, like, I think, in terms of albums released. I'd have yeah. to look to, yeah. Eternal yeah. Black. Is, I, I remember at the time and the greatest, like, ge- yeah, you know, th- those two, greatest those generation. two in the greatest generation, like, yeah. are three of the best and then records, like yeah. Abandon All Life by Nails came out and stuff like that it was like all kinds of shit it was it was Architects out that year as well uh, no, Lost Forever Lost after. Together was that the yeah. year after right but you know that there was a there was a point where I tried to write something for Metal Hammer actually and it never took I didn't get used in him but um, it was about like going are we now in Britain like I feel like we're kind of for years and years all the big best bands were in America and we had a pretty good we had a good scene and a few bands could compete but is this the year where we're actually because I'd heard the Architects album when I came to do this I'd heard the Heart of a Coward album Nation by TRC had come out Mm. there was like Palm Reader Bad Weather had come out Mm -hmm. as well and it felt like there were loads of and you know I'd heard a bit of the new Feed the Rhino album which was coming out that time and I was like are we about to sort of turn the tables and then it kind of it didn't really happen and I feel like now the culmination the weighting of all that if you look at Heck um, Palm Reader and Black Black Peaks, and we still got Marmosets. We still got like the shit and the Shikaria doing. Yeah. Um, Bring me the horizon, a massive like for whatever good or bad. You know, we've There's got a punk rock band from Southampton who are all right. Creeper, of yeah. course, are there as well, aren't they? There, yeah. thereabouts. There a thing. Um, and it, I was just like comparing all that and the stuff that I've heard from British bands that come out this year with Milk Teeth as well yeah, being number man. one. Like in comparison with the stuff that's coming out from America, which is you know like. There's some really good records from some established bands. Yeah. But 
I've not with the and the Dirty Neil from Canada, so I can't yeah. even point them out. They would oceans be the of slumber. oceans of slumber. Ocean, like I should like at, at this point in time, like it, like if you count only things that have been released, that's my favourite record of the year so far. But it's by a hair's breadth ahead of the Creeper EP and Milk Teeth. Uh, yeah. Like you, I think you're definitely right. This is the when you look the, at just, when you look at generations of British bands and like nineties lot the, the, uh, and the and the noughties lot. Like the two different sides of the noughties lot. Yeah. So you had the first lot that was like profits. Bring me the ro- yeah profits and and hundred reasons and Ruben and all them. And then the second lot that was kids in glass houses and uh, you me at six and bring me the horizon and yeah. shikari and that era and i guess you put gallows in that era as well just for time if yeah. not for sounds this is the best generation or this is threatening to be because there's another really good band that i ain't told you about yet yeah. um that are from london that are fucking amazing but we'll cover that in the next couple of weeks there is loads of great music coming out of britain and this is the strongest that the british music scene has been in in the 21st century i would say yeah there are some and that these bands are all in their infancy i mean right imagine where milk teeth and creeper are going to be by album three this is what they're delivering now like i'm with you on 2016 it's fucking awesome mm. let's finish up this week's album reviews plague vendor yes uh, what are you saying about this? The album is called Blood Sweat. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about it. Yeah, because this is well not my usual fare, but I really like it. Yeah, because it's like got it. that. Because I don't usually like this. It's basically arty rock that sounds like it's played in student houses. Mate, this is indie. This, this is, is not cre- indie. This is Creation Records era uh, see, indie music. I wouldn't know about right. that. Like I'm just going by what you're okay. saying. But yeah. um, the filtered, guitar, filtered through white, the white stripes. Th- no bullshit. I, I thought I've thought about this. You said this to me yesterday. That it sounds like the white stripes. There's, like there's Bit bits. There's bits where he sounds like Jack White. It doesn't sound like the white stripes. Guitar tone. Fucking no. Garage rock. White, yeah. I, th- white I think stripes. I think it's abrasive, but I think it's more abrasive than the white stripes. And the white stripes is really wiry and tinny and this is thicker textured than that definitely because the things that the bands do you not like the white stripes the bands that you had no not really but i I don't i don't dislike them either they're just there um but uh yeah like this is well not my sort of thing usually but i really like it yeah i really like it it reminds me of a cross between um I, actually, it kind of reminds me of the 80s Beeline Matchbox disaster. I've got that written down here as well. Yes. <laughs> Look, there you go. Bingo. Promise. Oh, yeah, um, yeah it, it's got a bit of 80s Matchbox Beeline disaster. Pixies. A bit of, yeah, a little bit of Pixies. I would say like kind of late 80s creation records bands. Mm. So the My Bloody Valentines and the... Uh, 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 what are the other ones that I'm Echo thinking and the Bunnymen you Echo said Echo and the Bunnymen uh, they weren't on creation but yeah. Echo and the Bunnymen is a fair thing like they switch between that kind of very um, that kind of Scottish mid 80s creation records indie I'm going to carry on using that word and sort of David Draymond's a punk <laughs> <laughs> and that um, like sort of post-millennial garage rock Icarus line yeah. White Stripes and yeah. uh, Datsuns and stuff like that I think the, it's good the it's really Icarus good. line see I think Datsuns have got too much rock and roll in it I think it's much more dour than that it's really moody see I've, the thing about well, this that's I mean, the thing the about mix. this is the thing about this mm. is like I've got no points of reference for these bands like to me I can hear what era it sounds like and when you say Echo and the Bunny Men, I go yeah they're the kind of bands that I'd imagine but I've I don't know if this is an age thing because I've never liked 
a record like this. Yeah. And, and again, I like it. I'm not the hills are alive with the with the sound of the best music ever. No. Like I think this is I think this is really good. Uh, and I'm intrigued to see it live because they're playing in a couple of weeks. Like, where are they from? Uh, where are they from? They're from the States. Okay. Well, sorry, um, but like, there's other bands like this have been pushed forward before, like um, Fiddler and Radke and a couple of those kind of bands. And I like these a lot more than I like I was gonna them. I going to say, they don't remind me of Radke very much at all. Bizarre, because they're, like, they're on their... Spotify fucking uh, yeah, well. artists you might which we've we've laughed at before <laughs> yeah. but like I say I've just got no points of reference for yeah. this band all I can I, go is say like the bit of me that likes slightly interesting fucked up uh, ways of approaching melody mm. so it's abrasive and it's it is off kilter and it's and it's obtuse but it's still very tuneful and I like the fact that it's in and out this whole record is done in 23 minutes the first one was 18 minutes yeah this there's is a just, song called Chopper which is fucking like that's the one that I think that's sounds good. like yeah, the Pixies yeah. yeah yeah it does yeah, yeah. Um, I like it a lot I mean when I first listened to it I really liked it and I was quite because I didn't really know what I was going to expect and I thought oh this is in, in a strong year, this is a, a possible candidate for between sort of 20 and 15 on my albums of the year. I liked it that much when I first listened to it. I don't like it any more than I did when I very first listened to it, which always makes me go, oh, is it going to be as good in mm. 10 months' time as it is when you first hear it? It's quite a uh, a visceral blast to begin with, mm. um, but it sort of revealed everything it had to I reveal in it, the first couple of listens. Like the way that we would go, you have to listen to Black Peaks and you have to listen to Creeper and you have to listen to the Dirty Nil. I would say if you've got time, give this a bash. Yeah, it's very, it's very it's, good. I yeah, like it a lot. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly yeah. that. It's just it's suffering to being in a week where oh. you've got two of the best albums of the year and a really surprise album from a very, very good band, I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's between... Well, it's... Yeah, there's two exceptional albums this week and there's two good albums, very yeah, good albums. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Something that was the total opposite of good uh, was last Saturday night uh, <laughs> at Wembley Arena. Straight in! Yeah, fuck them. Uh, Straight in! <laughs> heel turn! It's not a heel turn! So the, th- the thing is, right, um, so Baby Metal played Wembley Arena last week. You've heard what I've had to say about the album. I stand by every fucking word of it. I think the album is stunning. I think it's totally out there and weird and I really, really love it for what it is. Brilliant, loads of melody, loads of invention, brilliant riffs, brilliant breakdowns. You heard everything I had to say about it last week. The live show... Steve, after you told me it was the best arena show you'd ever seen... Mate. Steve. Mate, it was... Steve what? That wasn't. No. In Japan. No shit, it wasn't. In Japan. I mean, I didn't. I said it after the Beastie Boys at Wembley. Oh, right, after the Beastie Boys at Wembley. Yes. In Japan, yeah. with the full stage show, so it wasn't yeah. just relying on three quite young girls who were on their, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was a fuckload of other stuff. And actually, here's something I want to pick up on. Yeah. Because um, someone went, oh, weren't the crowd going mental? And I was like, well, you know, some of them were. Yeah. Like, in Japan, 30,000 people and 30,000 or 29,999 people going, and me going, what the fuck? <laughs> um, <laughs> going fucking batshit insane led to one of the most unique gig going experiences I've ever experienced. And I was ready for this, especially right. now that I really love the records. There was, yeah, and, and, and I there was... I was so like, let's go! I was sat where my 
sort of I, my step my stepson was what he yeah, yeah. Um, like, yeah I took Alfie he's like yeah. Emma's little boy he's, he's eight yeah. bought him a foam hand like he loved it yeah. he was jumping around having good. a lovely time and like yeah great he's right? eight he's got no concept he's of what's eight. good and rubbish yeah, no he hasn't yeah. and, um, uh, but right the thing is is like he he was the only person stood up as well so yeah. I looked around and I was like, oh, well, there was like fucking shitloads but, of people jumping around with him. And also the floor looked kind of empty and it was just like a, a little bunch of, a lot of curious people, a lot of people just going, what is this? And I was one well, of them, you know, well, I kind of still am one of them. So let me, let me, let me, let me put to get, put the devil's advocate up stuff up first. Right. I think it would be really harsh to judge baby metal too much on this performance. It's the first night of a new world tour. It's an entirely new production for him. It's all new routines. It was half of, half of the songs. Well, not even, not even half of the songs in fact, uh, were from the new record, but, uh, but you know, new routines, all that kind of thing. It would be wrong to go to dismiss it on night one of a world tour like this. Yeah. What I will say is there's a lot of people that talk about things that they have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> so when people are like, oh, the moves were on point and all the rest of it, as we discussed on this very show a couple of weeks ago, I went to see Mariah Carey a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, I do have a concept of what a show with all of those kind of dances is like. And this was like watching your three nieces uh, uh, do their assembly in terms of, like, the... Yeah, they're not diverse, they're not, are they? Well, not exactly that, right? And, and so it has to... If, if this, is, this is where you're... This is where you are now. You're at Wembley Arena. The thing is, this has been a... This is where people lose me a little bit. Like, I, I saw someone who actually writes for another magazine that I really respect saying that, this, that they were legit the best live band in the world. Fucking bizarre. Um, but the thing that really stands out to me uh, about about the Baby Metal live experience is this has been a meteoric rise, right? Who were Baby Metal two years ago, mm. right? They're now headlining Wembley Arena, and it was heavily populated, I would say. Not sold out, but it was heavily populated. And for a band that would two years ago w were not even a speck on the radar to be in Wembley Arena, now... When you get to that stage, you are competing with bands. Like, it took Avenged Sevenfold, like, 10, 12 years to get there, right? So when they're put in these arenas, and I know they've been playing arenas in Japan for, like, for a little while now as well, but these are 16 and 18-year-old girls. It, it's ridiculous to expect them to be at the standard of Slipknot and these kind of bands. And anyone who is telling you that they are is full of shit. Like, it, it's not ready yet. And that's fine. Nor should it be. Where do you go from that? If inside two years you've conquered the world and you've got the best live show on earth... Where do you go from there? This is a long way from that. Yeah. And that's okay. They've only been here for five minutes. They shouldn't be able to compete with Slipknot yet, and they can't. Like, musically, the band are fucking unbelievable. Yeah. That bass player was blowing my fucking mind all night, right? Yeah. But it, the way that the stage is, is, is set up, they're all kind of on plinths, so they don't move all night. So all you've got is three, three um, young ladies who, who have got a very limited dance routine for an hour and a half. That, like, when this comes to fruition, right? So when Baby Metal are here in three years' time and they are up to that standard, this could be fucking un unbelievable. And because of the, the hybrid between pop music uh, and metal, it gives you an opportunity to do something unique. 
And that'll come in the future, I'm sure. But anyone who's saying that that's what we've got now is totally, totally full of it. Yeah, like, right. I'm, I'm yeah, you're like, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, uh, like it's not. It's not that it's not. It's useless and like blah 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 blah. It's just it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. That was a two, that was a two out of five show. It was a four out of ten for me. Mm. Like it's just not. It, it was out of its depth. So I mean, I I was stood on the side of the stage when they played Sonosphere. Yeah, and I didn't know anything about them. So for my sort of like why I was going, oh yeah, great. Is like firstly, first time I saw them, I didn't know anything about them. And I stood like right next to them, and suddenly all these people were watching this band. I was like, this is fucking nuts. So that was a bit like, oh, what a thing. Then I saw them at Brixton, and I was just impressed that they could fill Brixton, and people were going, seemed to be going mental. Then I saw them in Japan, which as you've kind of rightly pointed out and gone, oh, it's the best arena. The experience of going, yeah. I think, to after seeing that on Saturday, yeah. like I stand by that as a comment in in many ways, but yeah. I think it's like if I was just reviewing what was going on the stage, no, obviously not. But mm. they brought, they had more stuff. So they had coffins coming down from the ceilings and fire coming out of the walls and stuff. They also had 30,000 absolute lunatics in yeah. the audience yeah. as well. So as an, uh, the, the, the atmosphere of the gig was you never knew what was going to happen next and it was really exciting. There was none of that on Saturday. So I can see why you would have looked at me and gone, are you fucking crazy? Yeah, I, yes. I nearly you phoned you afterwards and everything going, are you fucking serious, blood? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a completely different thing. Yeah, well... Like, it was completely different. And also... It's a I'm marathon, now, not a sprint as yeah. well. They haven't got to be the best band in the world now. Mm. Chill out. I felt like when I saw them in Japan, they weren't... Like, for everybody, like, when Andy Coppin was there and he was going, oh, you know, the band are great and no one's paying the band any attention. When I saw them in Japan... I didn't feel like there was a reliance on those three girls. Uh, I felt like it was like watching a band where, and I felt like it was like watching a big cabaret show as well. Mm. I didn't get that. I wanted more. I did want more of a spectacle. Mm. Obviously I wanted more of a spectacle. Um, I felt like they could have done a bit like, I don't know where, where the rest of the show, this amazing show they were doing in Japan. I didn't see, where where was it? I don't know. Well, hopefully it'll, uh, it'll come later on in Mm. the touring schedule. Yeah, a little bit disappointing. Again, it's a marathon, not a sprint. It ain't got to be right now. It's just got to be right at some point. Weezer, let's do this quickly because we are running out of time. It's good, wasn't it? It was a series of wonderful highs populated with the occasional lull. Yeah, it was. I, I loved it. Like I, I did love it. I had the best. Yeah, I, I, had, I mean, they're just. Till that guy stole my hat. Oh, mate. You, oh, let's not do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nearly a That's Not Metal riot at the end of Weezer. Weezer, not the show you'd expect violence, right. but still. Um, yeah, we, like, uh, I thought it was great. Uh, you can't miss when you've got that many incredible songs. Yeah. But there were some, some questionable set list choices is the only thing that I would say. Um, I thought something like uh, Back to the Shack sounded much better live than it yeah, does it on good. record. Mm-hmm. And then, um, if, you're, if you're wondering if I want you to, you want to. That's yeah, great. Like, I, really I great really live as well. That. I like that song. Like, I just mean that, like, it, it, compar- comparatively to their recorded versions, mm. fucking massive. And the singles in terms of those kind of things, I mean, Island in the Sun and Pork and Beans and Buddy Holly. Saying and, so. Oh, mate, the Sweater Song. The Sweater Song was, like, fucking, oh, so good. Highlight of the night for me was definitely, having said to you in yeah. the bar before, and I've never seen him play El Scorchio, and then yeah, they played mate. it. And the good life as well. Yeah, it's insane. No, great. I think, um, I wish the show had taken place in about six weeks, so I'd have been more au fait with the new stuff, because yeah. King of the World and Thank God for Girls were yeah. so good, dude. Yeah. So the new stuff, good. All the new stuff on the new album sounded brilliant, and yeah, like, the great thing with Weezer is you don't have to be that 
like you don't have to know every every song inside out because they're just so but halfway through a song you're kind of you're you're, you're in it aren't you ah, like yeah they were brilliant they were brilliant as always. All right, so that's our lot. We usually do album club here. What we are going to do is play you out. So we didn't want to just... When we got to, came to this Metallica special, we didn't just want to retread old ground. So they are in, in the special, there's a profile on Dave Mustaine, there's a profile on Cliff Burton, there's album clubs on Kill 'Em All and Ride the Lightning and Justice for All. We talk about Fleming Rasmussen and the production on this record. Them as a live band, them getting on the horse in the first place. The the uh, the relationship between James Hetfield and Lars Ulrich. But when we got to Master of Puppets, we didn't want to just do an album club because basically us just sitting there and going, oh, uh, Master of Puppets, that's good, isn't it? Good. Everyone has told you how good Master of Puppets is. You've all heard Master of Puppets. You all know how good it is. So what we decided to do was do it a little bit differently and put Master of Puppets up against Rain in Blood, which also came out that year. Here, because I'm too biased so I didn't play, is Steve and I discussing Master of Puppets versus Rain in Blood. This is part of the Metallica special. You can get it at that's not metal.net. Buy it individually or £3 a month, £17 a year. This coming Wednesday, Metallica in the 90s. But for now, this is Master of Puppets versus Rain in Blood. What we're going to do is we're going to put oh, Master of hard. we're going to put Master of Puppets up against Rain in Blood. This is really hard. Uh, and Steve is going to be our subject here. Uh, I don't want to do this. I'm scared. Well, this, is, could be this is this, this is a yeah. thing. It's going down. So first thing, artwork. Master of Puppets versus Rain in Blood. Um, this is really difficult, I think, because I think they're so they're both so different and they're both so brilliant in their own way. Yes. So I would say the Master of Puppets artwork is is instantly recognizable. Well, they're both instantly recognizable, but the Master of Puppets is brilliantly, simplistically, instantly recognizable. The fact that you can it's got a good, it's got a better concept as well the, than Rain in Blood, which is Rain in Blood is just like. Satan! Yeah, but I kind of like that. Yes, yeah, like, so do I. Yeah. I'm not knocking that. No, Rain no. Blood's one of the greatest album artworks of all time. Yeah, um, there's more going on in and around Rain in Blood. Yeah. It does look more love evil. It. it does look more, you know, you pick that up and you go, this is a fucking horrible heavy metal album. Yeah. And it, it, it Before you've heard the note, yeah. you know what Whereas it is. Master Puppets is slightly more um, you know slightly more subtle but they're not subtle either it's, yeah. it's a sort of you can put it I mean you know the fact that they had all the crosses on stage with them they actually can incorporate the artwork into their stage show I think that's yes, really good yeah, yeah that's fucking that, that is the sickest the sickest like yeah. in terms of visually looking at the stage yeah. so where you had and their, still their, being able to their do two control they're almost two stages contraption on the black album yeah. cycle and the fucking lady justice and yeah. the man on fire and even and now the when, the round when, they, when, when, uh, when they would bring up the the crosses from the master yeah. puppets cover on the on the you know in, in the last few years yeah oh i'm but there's something so delightfully disgustingly technicolorly evil about Rain in Blood so I'm going to say Rain in Blood alright 1-0 to Rain in Blood you horrible horrible man <laughs> on their own special yeah. opening track Battery uh, versus Angel of Death this is this is a proper Sophie's choice how do you even begin to oh I know what you're going to say well no actually I think this is the one for me this is the one I think this is the one that's closest 
of all of the subjects that are about to be coming up. I, I think, think it's the one that's close. I think okay. it's the one where I would be tempted to go with Slayer, I, and that's again. Well, I, I think Battery is a, is a better song as a yes, song. Yes, so a, do I. Is a better song. I think the, in, t- in terms of in what, terms of what happens yeah. over the course of the music, in yeah. terms of the way and the way it starts and it coaxes you in. I think that's brilliant. I think if you're judging it on heaviness and thrash metalness and bang your head, bloody bloody blah, blah, then obviously no. Angel, fuck it, I wouldn't. I'd go with Battery. Now I'm thinking about yeah, it. Angel, yeah, Angel of Death is much more. That instantaneous joy of heavy metal. And what I would say about then, Angel of Death over Battery as well is Angel of Death has moments of, like, literally, like, the if you were doing a list of, like, iconic heavy metal moments, so you'd start it with, like, the Black Sabbath, Black Sabbath, the song. Like, if you were going through metal and giving it its iconic moments, Tom Araya going, ah! Yeah. yeah. Is, um, is one of them. But I would still go with Battery because listen to it. <laughs> Mate, I am gonna. I could fucking flip a coin on this yeah, one. Yeah, um, no, you have to go with one. Battery. All right, one, one. No, yeah. Oh, fucking hell, yes. I can only accept your first answer, <laughs> okay. Adam Robinson style. <laughs> yeah, uh, fine. Riffs. Riffs. Um, I'll go with puppets. Open and shut. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, solos. Um, again, this is. See, I think this is Slayer's biggest flaw point. So again, to me, this is yeah, but shut. well, that's the, the 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 man who likes squalling feedback and noise. You're yes, talking to. You're not exactly, talking to someone yeah. who cares about tunefulness you know, and yeah, what it brings to a song. And yeah. flamboyant. So I yeah. think I think solos are yeah a folly anyway. To be perfectly. Oh honest. yeah, of course. So I'm I, asking a punk about solos. Yeah, brilliant. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go for Slayer. All right, okay. Because I like the fact that it just sounds like a big, bloody, horrible noise, and that's what I like. Lyrics. Um, Okay, well, again, this is is hard, because everything that, on the surface, you go, what is great about heavy metal? It is the arcane absurdity of, like, just nastiness. Like, Mm. you know what I mean? There is so many bits on Raining Blood where he's talking like Jesus saves like yeah. angel of death yeah, you know, of course. post-mortem like you know Raining Blood yeah. from a lacerated sky <laughs> yeah. all that shit like yeah. how can you not get a, the biggest boner in the world from, for that like you're talking to a man who uh, fucking loves Cannibal Corpse yeah. I'm all about that style of lyrics of course but, um, disposable heroes disposable wins this on its own for me. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a, it's a level above, yeah, above I agree. the puppets in terms of like, you know, the use of language. And what I will say, and this isn't really to do with lyrics, but I'm going to have it anyway because mm-hmm. these are, you know, you're making me do this, you evil bastard. Yeah. Um, is that James, Hetf- that James Hetfield's the pattern and the intonation and the tonality and the the melodies that James Hetfield comes up with with what is quite stark difficult oblique lyrics mm. uh, I think would mean that Master of Puppets will have to get this yes he's a very it's, it's some of these this is so close and this is for someone who like it's open and shut as yeah. I like more of those bands You've given okay I've given it the wrong way yeah, right, there we go so what album so let's do pro- let's do production um or do you not care? No, no, I, I'd have to go. I'd go Rain and Blood. Okay, Doug. Three, three. Do you, want a, do you want a reason for that? Or go you? on. I just think... Because I'm thrash, intrigued. Thrash metal has... So, Master Puppet's not really strictly a 
thrash metal album it's in too expansive it's, it's too expansive. expansive and I think like be, the ideas on it are so massive that a lot of the time like I've when you hear them live or when you hear I, I feel like I can hear those songs they, they, they sound better in big rooms and stuff and I feel like I don't think there's anything wrong with the production on Master of Puppets I think it's yeah. great um, especially if it's time it sounds of its time and, it's, and it still sounds fresh it's still sounds cutting edge now but it still sounds like it was made at that period I don't think anyone has ever captured thrash metal or, or done a job on thrash metal in the way that Rick Rubin did on Rain and Blood so for that alone I'm going to have to give it to him and it's uh, I think that while it's a punishment like the the, 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 um, the, the the yin and yang of this particular debate Master of Puppets versus Rain and Blood is it's the definitive thrash metal record mm-hmm. versus the definitive heavy metal record in my, yeah. in my opinion so yeah it's like production they both like the production jobs on both records like Master of Puppets could not have been produced like Kill 'Em All or even Ride the Lightning. There's a there's a level of grandiosity to the sound and the songs and like Orion in particular, is like in terms of its production and its sound, it's mm-hmm. just for a for a song recorded at the same time as fucking like the same era as Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel yeah. and stuff like that. Something like Orion, so far ahead of its time. And yeah. I think the production job on it and the production job done to help the genius of Cliff Burton on Damage Inc. as well, like that intro, that mm. warp, like all of those things versus Rubin, who I love thrash metal. We talk about thrash metal all the time. It's such a shame that there's only a handful of really great thrash metal bands mm. these days. But that is the sound that's yeah. it that's like fucking open and shut so again I, I see why this is a I, I know what I can see why you, I'm not sat here like I am outraged because yeah. I understand yeah. why like it, is it produced as well no does it do a better job of bringing out the songs that's where you're going with it yeah right? I think so yeah so what's left a greater legacy so there's no like I say the greatest thrash metal album uh, Rain in Blood I think it, it gets it's won all those plaudits before it's still if ever you see a list of the heaviest albums ever made it's still usually number one in terms of like the the, the level of pure brutal, brutality alone pure brutality and for the type of music which I listen to a lot now a year later Napalm Death came along pretty much with the sole intention of going there are speeds Slayer won't go to yeah. we're going to up that like so Slayer the bridge into extreme metal you know I know Bathory and Celtic Frost are around at that yeah. time but uh, Slayer are the band really in a lot of ways who would have inspired most death metal bands black metal bands mm-hmm. like lyrically them and Venom know, yeah yeah them and, and, and Venom and you know there's a lot of bands but I think like they'll always be the closest the mainstream is <laughs> The closest the mainstream has ever had to a extreme metal darling. I agree. If you like, you I agree. I mean? Well, it's 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 pure metal. It's it's, yeah. it's as as. Slayer Slayer are perfect at being Slayer. I wouldn't want Slayer to be any other. But one. if you're talking about legacy, I think it, if you were to sit here and say to me, it's a similar argument to going. I know it's an argument we'll probably have or a debate we'll have one mm. day. What's left a greater legacy out of Dookie and Nevermind? I don't think anything's left a greater legacy than Nevermind, and I don't think anything could leave a greater legacy than Master of Puppets. So it's got to be Master Whenever. of Puppets because there are only you could probably you know you're talking about a band like Slayer who have influenced a 
massive subgenre and subsection of the type of music that we love massively massively influential to that versus a band who have influenced things which they have no right to even be allowed in the same room as and gotta be master of when when Rolling Stone and like those kind of people VH1 and MTV and like the behemoths of media touch heavy music and go what's the best ever it's always there, isn't it? It's always if it's not number one, it's number two or number three. Bizarrely, also Raining Blood is always in that. Well, not yeah. bizarrely because it's fucking incredible, but like Raining Blood is also in that top ten always. But yeah, Master. Of but I think you, you can one. look at you can look at bands like you can look at hard rock bands that would take influence from the scope of Master of Puppets you could look at people like Blackstone Cherry you could look at Soundgarden yeah, you could yeah, look at like yeah. Yeah. you know Alice in Chains you can look at bands who uh, but then you can also go well really like I'm sure Cannibal Corpse loved Rain in Blood and they wanted to kind of mimic that but then I'm sure if you listen to Always a Madness by Morbid Angel like the fact that they wanted to go, there's more that we can do with death metal than just this. Well, who's, it's not Slayer who's inspired that. It's no, Metallica. I agree. I agree. So it's got to be Metallica. So there you have it. That is just one tiny little bit of a near four-hour special on Metallica in the 1980s. We'll be back <coughs> on Wednesday in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I nearly choked to death. I was really holding that in that whole yeah. time. So, yeah, uh, that's not metal.net. Go and check out the other podcasts. And uh, I've got tears in my eyes and everything because I was trying not to choke to death. Well, don't do that. Jesus. Let's not do that. So uh, <laughs> so I can be back on Wednesday to see you and everyone else. Yeah. bye byes well, I'll see you later, everyone. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.